Breakthrough infections of COVID-19, when someone has received a vaccine and ends up contracting the illness anyway, have been making a lot of news recently. But how widespread are those infections and how much are they contributing to the rising number of people made seriously ill by coronavirus? We're going to talk about that today with a health expert and someone who's experienced one of those infections on the Northwest Arkansas Democrat Gazette's Know the News podcast. Hello, my name is Rusty Turner. I'm the editor of the newspaper. And in a few minutes, I'm going to tell you about a package of local stories we have in store for you in the paper this weekend. But first, we want to talk about what is still the big local, national, and international story of the day, the coronavirus pandemic. Our reporter, Janelle Jessen, has a story coming in this weekend's editions of the newspaper on breakthrough infections on the local level, and she's joining us today. Hi, Janelle. Hi, Rusty. Also joining us is Dale Adams of Gentry. Uh, Dale actually experienced a breakthrough infection. Dale, thanks for talking with us today. I appreciate you having me. Thank you. And also with us is Dr. Joe Thompson. He's the president and CEO of the Arkansas Center for Health Improvement. Welcome, Dr. Thompson. Thank you, Rusty. All right, we're going to get started with Janelle. Janelle, tell us just a little bit about your story uh, and, and, and what you found out. Well, um, we I have been hearing, and, and my colleague Stacy Ryburn had been hearing about some cases in the community of people who had been vaccinated and who had still come down with COVID. And I wanted to find out what were their experiences. Um, was this a common thing? Do they get sicker or more sick or less sick than people who are not vaccinated? And, um, and the public health implications of that. So I was able to talk with um, Dale and another source named Joyce about their experiences. Um, they're Dale has been, um, he's, he's experienced a milder case. Um, Joyce has experienced a more serious case, but she's still been able to stay out of the hospital and is recovering well. And then I was able to talk to four doctors that were able to um, talk about the public health implications, talk about why this happens. I found out all four doctors were very consistent in their message that vaccines are still the best way to, to prevent serious illness and death and um, people should still be wearing masks indoors. That, that's a good segue to Dr. Johnson. Uh, Dr. Johnson, maybe you could put it in context for us. Uh, there have been these breakthrough infections, but they don't make, a huge, make up a huge portion of all the infections that we're seeing right now. Is that correct? That's correct, Rusty. Uh, we all hoped we were coming out of the end of the tunnel in May and June, and we had you know, good control, although we were having a slow uptake on vaccinations. And then the Delta variant, which is not the same virus, kind of struck Arkansas and has, over the last few weeks, ripped like a wildfire through our community. This Delta variant is able to um, transmit much more easily and is able to reinfect, although not make as seriously ill, those individuals that have been vaccinated uh, with the vaccines that we have. And as reported by the health department, we were just on with them today, Friday morning, um, the, about 10% of those individuals in the hospital now have been previously vaccinated. So they do have a milder pathway and they are not as susceptible to the worst outcome, loss of life. Uh, but this Delta variant will and can make you sick, sick. And that's why the CDC recommended that we all start to mask up again, particularly when we're in public places with unvaccinated people that are carrying the virus. 
And and I think Janelle's reporting in her story uh, that um, um, somewhere around ninety percent of the people who are ill and 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 a, and a higher percentage, ninety four percent, I believe, of people who are hospitalized are people who were not vaccinated at all. Is that, is that consistent with the number kind of numbers you're hearing? That is correct. The unvaccinated are completely unprotected from this now new and more serious COVID-19 virus. The virus itself is a little piece of uh, uh, nucleic acid that when it infects you, it takes over your cells and and it replicates itself and it spreads to others. Uh, In the transmission, it has mutated. And it's kind of, I've used the term, if we had scotch tape before with the apparent COVID-19, we've got duct tape now. It sticks to you and infects you much more aggressively. Uh, that's a, I had not heard that analogy, but that's a, that's an interesting one. Um, and then that's a good tra- tra- transition to go over to Dale. Dale, you're one of those folks who got vaccinated as soon as you could, but you still uh, still came down with it. Can you tell us a little bit about your experience, how, how you ended up there? Sure. Um, my wife, Patricia, and I got vaccinated really as quick as we could here in Gentry through the drugs, um, uh, the drugstore. And... Uh, we both got back the first shot, Moderna, in uh, March, and then got our second shot in April. And I probably got a little lax with my mask a couple of weeks after the second shot. I was feeling kind of bulletproof, maybe. And uh, like always before, up until then, if we went out to eat, we'd mask up. We'd always use the hand sanitizer before and after. As soon as you got home from the grocery store, we'd wash your hands. So it's pretty careful. But looking back on it, I uh, probably wasn't as careful. Uh, I fault sense of security, maybe, after the second vaccination. And um, my experience, I'm, I feel very fortunate because it was it was mild, and um, I just had a sinus infection, I thought, uh, which is not uncommon with me. I had a little sore throat, and uh, before. But uh, I get that quite a bit over the years, and I uh, I wouldn't have thought anything about it except the morning I had breakfast and I couldn't tell the difference between my orange juice and my coffee. That kind of got my attention, so I called the Gentry Medical Center and the receptionist when I told her, I think I may need to come in and get a test. Um, I can't smell or taste anything. When she said, oh, no, that really got my attention because I'm hmm. just the receptionist. So I decided, yeah, I think I'm doing the right thing. So later that afternoon, when my wife and I both got tested, um, the, the, the quick test, and I, I had it, and she didn't. So we stayed kind of quarantined in the, in the house. Uh, me on one end and her on the other <laughs> ignored each other. But I'm sure lucky that I got... Um, uh, that I got the vaccination. Uh, Dr. Mother, my doctor at Gentry, told me more than likely I'd, I could have been in the hospital uh, if I hadn't because I'm in the risk risk pool at 70. So that was how my, my deal started. And, and uh, we can talk about how I helped myself maybe get over it if now or a little later in the program if you want. Yeah. Well, and how did uh, that would be interesting. What did you do to, to, to help yourself? Well, get, uh, I got online and... Uh, which I'm not real computer literate, but I know enough to get online and ask a few questions. And uh, I saw that it's uh, these receptor, nasal receptors are damaged with this virus. And uh, some people, like everyone knows now, can be 
few days or it can be months and some haven't recovered yet from it. Well, I ran across an interesting article that said uh, use essential oils. I use the lemon, the clove, the eucalyptus, and the rose in a, in a nasal uh, adapter. And three or four times a day for like 30 seconds on each nostril. And the um, first couple of days, I couldn't tell. I couldn't smell anything. Couldn't tell the difference. And then finally, on the third or fourth day, it was real faint. You know, maybe the fourth or fifth, sixth day, I could close my eyes and discriminate between them, differentiate between them. So that was encouraging. And I, I was going around smelling everything I could. It's the strangest thing <laughs> when you can't smell and you think you're starting to smell. You, you're uh, like a dog trying to smell everything <laughs> you can smell. So it's, uh, it's a great feeling when you do realize that you're making progress on it. Let's put it that way. <laughs> so. And so, and so you, uh, you tested positive and, 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 and recovered after mm-hmm. several days. But your wife, mm-hmm. uh, who was vaccinated at the same time, had been most of the places you've been, she did not contract oh, yeah. it. Did not no, contract she, it. She did fine. Now, I don't know that it has anything to do with it. Uh, maybe the doctor can um, say something about this if you'd like. But when I got the two vaccinations, I had virtually no reaction. Maybe a little bit of a sore arm for um, a day. I didn't get sick, no fever. And when I had my, when I had the COVID, all I had, no fever, no sick. No, I, I, I mean, no smelling, but I, I got an appetite. I could eat anything, mm-hmm. which I thought was unusual, because mm-hmm. usually with a cold, when you can't taste or smell, you're not that hungry. But what concerned me was after I read online was that this virus uh, shuts down your smelling and taste a few days before it attacks your lungs. And I thought, how devious is that to, you know, weaken you by not eating or drinking for a few days and then attach you with the, your lungs. So uh, that's, that was kind of concerning. I kept waiting every day for the hammer to hit drop, you know, <laughs> that yeah. I was going to get worse. But fortunate, fortunately, I didn't because I had a vacation plan 10 days ahead of time that I got sick. So that worked out just just about right. And when the Arkansas Health Department uh, lady called and wanted to know my dates and the lot number and all on the vaccine, she said at that time that I was the first one she knew that had gotten uh, the COVID after being vaccinated with the Moderna anyway. So yeah. now I guess it's kind of a more of a common thing that we're finding out. And just for the record, you felt ill sometime in June, is that right? A couple of months after the vaccine. Yeah, this yeah. was like the June the 17th, because I was going on vacation the 27th. Okay. So I had just about the right time to get well in a hurry. <laughs> and Dr. Thompson, I want to bring you back in here. Uh, you had mentioned you mentioned in Jill's, Janelle's story that there are some factors that might, might make some people more susceptible to a breakthrough infection, a vaccinated person more susceptible to a breakthrough infection. Could you talk a little bit about that, what those things are? Sure, Rusty. And, and I think Dale's experience of vaccinated people that do have breakthrough is is the most common, kind of a mild illness, some symptoms that that are worrisome but don't last, you know, as long as if you're unprotected. And obviously not having, as he said, the hammer hit on your lungs and your other organs. Uh, you know, the vaccines do protect folks uh, from those uh, worse outcomes. Uh, to your question, we have seen since the pandemic hit, individuals that have 
you know, some chronic conditions, specifically being overweight with diabetes, COPD, heart conditions. This virus hits them a lot harder. I mean, I think what's really happening is their bodies are not able to resist as well as, you know, a younger, more healthy person. Now, the Delta variant is hitting our younger folks. More than half the new cases are less than 45 years of age, and we've got you know, a couple of dozen, maybe more now, children in, at Children's Hospital, either here uh, in Little Rock or there in Northwest Arkansas, that that are you know fighting the virus. But but the, uh, specifically, the, the breakthroughs end up happening probably because the original you know vaccine, either the immune response wasn't high enough, or this new variant is trickier and can attach itself to us in new ways. Um, I do. I do think the uh, um, the threat is real. We have only about 40% of our Kansans that are protected through a vaccine, and that means this virus is racing like a wildfire through our communities. And the more it spreads, the more chance is there that it could mutate again and even become worse. So, you know, we're we're in nowhere out of the woods. In fact, earlier this week, the governor said we're worse off today than we've ever been throughout the pandemic. Well, that's a that's a powerful statement because things were pretty bad last December or January, as I recall. So they were bad then, but we have now more people in the hospital than we've ever had before. Mm-hmm. We have more people in the hospital today, yesterday, the day before, than we had at any point in time last November, December, or January. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, and I want to I'm going to ask this question in a sort of a de- in a sort of devil's advocate sort of way. We. We have heard, uh, or or you you hear in the community sometimes that that the breakthrough infections or the presence of these breakthrough infections are somehow proof that vaccines aren't effective, that they don't work. Uh, and I and I know you you you've alluded to it, but I know you probably want to specifically address that 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 contention uh, that that's that's out there that vaccines for some reason don't work because a few people have got because some people have gotten breakthrough infections. Sure. So this. This virus, COVID-19, it emerged, you know, on the scene, and none of our bodies, no, no human in the world had ever seen the COVID-19 virus, so our immune systems were completely blind to the COVID-19 virus. And unvaccinated people now are still blind. Their immune systems are blind to the virus. But what the vaccine does is it, it and these are very, very safe vaccines. Uh, uh, we can go into that in a few minutes if you want to on the on the adverse effects and the yeah. safety of that. But what this what these vaccines do is it gives your immune system a picture of the virus. I, I say it's the FBI most wanted list. It tells your immune system what the picture is of this virus, and so that when the, when the virus you know comes in contact with you, if you are protected and vaccinated, your immune system is on it from the start. Most of the time, the immune system will completely protect you from getting infected. For a few individuals, their immune system is revved up and working, keeps you from getting as sick, but you might still get infected as, as, uh, uh, as Dale did. But, but again, the issue here is our bodies have never seen this threat, and the vaccines give your immune system a chance to know what to look for before you become infected. Without the FBI most wanted picture in your immune system, the virus has a free, free you know, shot at taking you down. Okay, and you mentioned uh, negative reactions, fear of negative reactions from the vaccine. Uh, you know, Dale described his 
his response when he got the vaccine that he his arm was a little bit sore and and uh, I know when I got mine I felt a little sick after one of them for about four or five hours uh, most reactions are that or milder than that uh, is there a reason to fear a serious reaction or a health threatening reaction from these vaccines well these are among both the most effective and some of the safest vaccines that we've ever had it is not uncommon as you described and, and uh, Dale did you know to have a sore arm even to have a little fever or feel bad the day after you've had the shot that's your immune system revving up you know particularly after the second shot as it you know kind of memorizes that FBI most wanted picture and and that's why you know your immune system is ready for it if you get exposed. Now, there are three very, very rare adverse reactions uh, that have been described. One uh, was an allergic reaction in people that you know had very, very severe allergies. And by that, I mean somebody who's had to use an EpiPen before because they, their windpipe was choking off. Very rare there. Um, some women had a very rare blood clot that they halted the Johnson vaccine to let clinicians know what to watch for and how to treat. Uh, and then finally, um, the, the car pericarditis in uh, teenage boys, of which uh, all have survived. Most never went in the hospital with the little steroids. They were fine. Those numbers are in the hundreds out of 100 million plus vaccines that we have given. So they're very, very rare. Um, the alternative, uh, if you come in contact with COVID and you're not protected, you're going to get infected. And as many as 10% of folks that have been infected still have problems, symptoms, fatigue, brain fog, other issues one year after they've been infected. So it's a 10% chance of having a chronic long-term problem or a one in a hundred million chance of having an adverse reaction. And so I think the, the balance is pretty clear. Okay. All right. Um, Janelle, I'm going to go back to you. Was there anything about this story that took you by surprise, or what was your, your, your main takeaway from this story? Um, my main takeaway was, I think, as a vaccinated person, I, I had become a little bit lax about wearing a mask, especially in June, and I didn't realize how important it is to still be wearing a mask, still be um, taking precautions, um, because there still is a chance that you could contract and spread COVID. Okay. And, and Dr. Johnson, we, uh, I, I'll, I'll throw that one to you. Uh, you know, masks have been in the news quite a bit locally uh, in Northwest Arkansas. School districts are firing back up and uh, their school boards are trying to decide whether or not to require masks in, uh, for students and faculty as school starts. Um, you know, can you talk to us a little bit about the, your, your opinion about the effectiveness of masks and what, what, they, what, the, what the benefits are and, 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 uh, of wearing them and if there are any issues uh, from a health sure. standpoint on wearing masks? Well, Rusty, let me just first say we are all incredibly tired of COVID. There's probably nobody who would like to be talking about baseball more than me. Instead, we're talking about COVID. Um, I, I want to emphasize for your listenership, this Delta variant that emerged in late June and swept through our state in July is a very different virus. It's more than twice as infectious. It is attacking younger individuals, including our kids, and it's putting people in the hospital at a different rate if they've not been protected with the vaccine. So, so this is a new fight that we're in, and it does affect our kids. And unfortunately, the timing could not be worse as we send our kids back to school in the coming days, next week, uh, for most schools. 
we know masks work. It worked last year. We had almost no influenza because we were all wearing our mask and we didn't have any flu. And we did our best to fight off the, the COVID-19. So we know masks work. There's been a lot of false information. Masks don't cause you to retain carbon dioxide or block your oxygen or have any other of those effects. Masks are purely a physical barrier to keep somebody who's infected from spreading infectious droplets out into the air and to keep somebody who is not infected from breathing those droplets in. So it's a physical device that works. And I hope most of our school districts, I hope all of our school districts will recognize that, you know, next week as we bring kids back into enclosed spaces with schools at the level of infection we have going on, we have many school districts that more than 1% of the residents in their school district have been newly infected in the last 14 days. And that's just a recipe for, you know, a super spreader event and bad outcomes. And I don't want anybody to, to lose a child or a, a, a teenager. I would also emphasize college students need to get vaccinated as they go back to school so that we can have a normal fall there. And at least for a period of time here as we're fighting this Delta variant, have a mask and wear it when you're in public. And, and I'll go back to Dale at this point. Dale, you had mentioned you felt like after your vaccine, you got a little bit lax about masks and, and some of the other uh, precautions. How about now? What are you doing now? Uh, I'm pretending I never got vaccinated to start with. I'm on the <laughs> safeguard now, so I'm, I'm wearing masks everywhere I go. And uh, right. I had a, a quick question, if I could, for oh, Dr. Johnson. Please do. On these long, long-term effects, Is do we know yet if like with my own case, I have no effects that I know about. I can smell, taste, everything's fine, nothing unusual. Is it possible that a year from now I could just wake up some morning and have some long-term effect that hit me? Or, or when we say long-term effects, it's like you never got over the uh, problem. Like maybe people that's not getting their taste and smell back that just lingers on for months. But can I feel fine now and maybe these long-term effects hit me out of the blue? A few months later? That's a great, great question, Dale. For some of the long-term effects, it, it starts with your illness and it continues. So for your loss of taste and smell, I think the fact that you've gotten it back, that's a good sign that you're not going to have that as a long-term effect. For yeah. some folks, for some folks, particularly with some of the fatigue, some of the heart issues, some of the brain fog, it can come on a little later in time. So this is not a virus that we want to play around with. You yeah. do not want to get it, and I would just encourage everybody to get protected. Uh, Rusty, I do want to, uh, back on your school question, Yes, we cannot protect our kids that are less than 12 with the vaccine yet. So it's going to be the defensive measures of wearing a mask, keeping distance, hygiene, ventilation. That's what we have to protect our kids with, and that's what we need to have in place as they come back to school next week. All right. All right. Well, this has been very, uh, very informative. I think our, our listeners will get quite a bit out of this. I want to, I want to thank all three of my guests today on on the podcast. Thank you to uh, to Dr. Joe Thompson. He's the CEO of of the. Uh, 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 say it for me, Dr. Th- uh, Thompson. Say Arkansas Center for Health Improvement. I knew it was something close. I didn't want to get it wrong. The Arkansas Arkansas That's Center right. for Health Improvement. Thank you, Dr. Thompson, for joining us. We also want to thank uh, Dale Adams. He's a resident of Gentry, Arkansas, and he was. Uh, he was the victim of a breakthrough infection, got sick with COVID after being vaccinated. And I, Dale, I appreciate you sharing your experience with everybody and letting everybody uh, uh, learn from it. 
Well, thank you, Rusty, and I, I want to thank you for this podcast and the work you and your programs are doing to keep this community safer and healthier for sure. Well, thank, thank you. you so much. Thank you. We appreciate that. And I also want to thank Janelle Jessen. She's the reporter for the Northwest Arkansas Democrat Gazette, who uh, whose story about this uh, uh, this topic will appear in Sunday's uh, edition of our newspaper. Uh, so, Janelle, thank you for all your hard work. Well, thank you for having me. We've got plenty of other great stories coming your way this weekend. Mary Jordan will have a story on efforts to get vaccines for school kids who are 12 and older. Thomas Sicente will wrap up the trial and conviction of Franklin County Sheriff Anthony Bowen. Bowen was found guilty of using excessive force on people in his custody last week and faces prison time. Thomas will tell us about the process for removing the sheriff from office. We'll finally have that story I mentioned a couple of weeks ago about a dispute between the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers and local property owners at Beaver Lake over land acquisitions. Stacy Ryburn, our reporter in Fayetteville, will update us on some changes coming this year for the annual Bikes, Blues, and Barbecue Motorcycle Rally. Of course, we will keep you abreast of the Arkansas Razorbacks preparations for the upcoming college football season, and we'll do that at nwaonline.com and at wholehogsports.com. All this content and more is available every day for our subscribers on our smartphone and tablet replica apps and at our website, nwaonline.com. If you'd like to join us and stay informed on local matters, just click on the subscribe button on our website or call us at 479-684-5509. Again, that is 479-684-5509. And if you enjoy the Know the News podcast, you can subscribe to us as well by clicking on the button on your device right now. Thanks for joining us today on Know the News. Until next week, this is Rusty Turner saying so long.